Podcasting from anywhere other than a jail cell, this is Soberholic, a podcast created to encourage, equip, and inspire you to overcome your hurts, habits, and hangups. And now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Welcome to Soberholic Podcast. I'm Roger with my host or co-host or how about better host, Jason. What's up, man? What's up? How you doing? I'm doing good. I see you got your new studio rocking. I guess you oh, did yeah. last week, but I didn't. I wasn't with you guys. Yeah, yeah, it's going. I'm loving it. I like the um, the purple. Yeah, yeah. You make mine look bad now. You got it's like all backlight, like iridescent colors. I know it's not, but it looks it. Yeah. Oh, I got <laughs> LED lights in here and everything. It's pretty pretty fancy in here. You just had to one up me. I, I did. It's kind of like been that way our whole friendship. You oh, always yeah. feel a little bit better than I do. Like I bought, I bought the 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 software for the computer, and then you went and bought it. Yeah, and you bought the better <laughs> one. <laughs> We're just making each other better. That's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, so um, I, I know you didn't say all, or you. I don't, I don't think you said all this. I didn't listen to last week's show, um, or I haven't yet. And um, you know, I wasn't able to be with you guys because my dog passed away and that's kind of weird to say it really is for me, but I, I got my dog, um, 16 years ago and wow. I he had the same birth month as my sobriety month. So he was born in April of 2004 and that's the same month I got sober because I, my sponsor at the time had a dog and I was like, wow, they, they look like best friends. And that's what I need is just someone who understands me and, well, anyways, it wasn't really exactly what I thought. It was a lot of responsibility, but it was good. I mean, I, I've loved that dog forever. And right before our show, he kind of had a seizure and ended up paralyzed. I had to go have him put down. And, man, it's been really rough. I was telling you right before we started this that we're really we're in the process of, I wouldn't say remodeling, but redecorating our living room because he had a little cage, like a kennel that he would yeah. see in we left the door open but that was his like little cave he got in and every time i walked through our living room i looked to see even though we took the cage out i still look for him there like oh like, man out. and like I, it's just been hard to, mm -hmm. to get over this and so i say all that because it it's it's hard to go through some things in sobriety. in fact this may be one of the harder things i've done in sobriety i've had loved ones die and but not as close as this dog has been. Like I've even had grandparents and stuff and I loved my grandparents. Don't get me wrong. That sounds horrible as it's coming out of my mouth. I don't mean it to be that way, but I'm with that dog every day. Yeah. Every different. day times of the day. And I've had to take care of him because he's aged and you know, he's just been there with me. And so it's been rough. And I say all that because I know other people go through difficult times, but there are some things that we have to do every day in order to stay sober. And, um, these are the things that I've kind of looked at here lately, at least over the past week that I, I found that we need to do in order to, to maintain sobriety, because you don't wake up every morning thinking, okay, I need to work step three. I need to work step nine. You know, maybe you do. Do you do that? No. No, <laughs> I don't wake up automatically thinking about the steps yeah. or uh, recovery. Yeah, I don't either. Um, I was just telling some guys in my share group the other day that I don't even wake up thinking about God. And even as a Christian, that's what I should be doing, but I don't, I wake yeah. up 
my own self-will trying to fix myself and what I'm going to do myself. But thankfully, as I've worked these steps over and over and over, sometimes because my sponsor made me, other times because pain just got great enough, there's, there's certain things that now I just do without even know, knowing that I do it. That, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, they're just they're a part of your routine. They're ingrained in in your life. But you know, didn't start out that way. Took years or months or years to actually develop it. Where it it's I keep I keep blanking out there. It keeps happening faster and faster. But it just <laughs> takes just like using. <laughs> could, could you hear? Could you hear me when I? Yeah, no, I can hear okay. Yeah. But anyway, those those. Those good habits, they take time to develop. Yeah. Um, so here's what I think. Um, I think there's there's some practical things that we can talk about today. And I, I want to hear your input on this as well as mine and to see if you can if you can relate with what I'm talking about. We really didn't talk about these beforehand. These are just some things that I've observed that are good to that has helped me through this period. And um, I think that it's something that everyone develops to some extent in order to maintain sobriety. The first thing that I believe that we have to do if we're going to stay sober and that we do on a daily basis, maybe knowing or unknowingly, is that we we stay honest. Um, we stay honest with ourselves and other people. When I was using it was easy for me to just lie and tell people what they wanted to hear. I would just kind of go on and on and on about me and try to make the stories much bigger and much better. But in sobriety, I have learned how to stay honest. And sometimes that's hard, you know, even talking to some of these guys on my accountability team to talking to them about how difficult it's been to lose my dog. And, you know, for him, for me, for him, you know, with him, he, he was just like losing a child. And a lot of guys laugh at me about that. So he's just a dog, you know, it, it's no big deal. But, you know, I've been honest with that by saying, no, he was much more than that to me. And, um, and I just kind of use that as an example because that's kind of what I led into this with. But being honest is also just being honest. Like, have you ever went to McDonald's or any restaurant for that matter? And they give you like maybe a $5 bill back too much. Yes. Yes. You have that internal battle. Should I give it back? Or <laughs> should I keep it? Because, you, you know, I gave you the right amount of money. You screwed up. It's your fault. But right. you know in the back of your head that their drawers will come up short and possibly it's going to come out of their pocket. What do you do in that situation? Um, I've, I've given it back before in that situation, but I've also, I, I told this story at one of our meetings one time where the late, I was in line at the bank and this lady dropped a $50 bill just like out of her purse or something. I was standing behind her in line and my foot immediately just like slid over to it, like in stealth mode and like put, my foot on that $50 bill and I started sliding it back to myself. And I was like, wait, what am I doing? It was like instant. Like it was like a reflex almost, but I picked it up and I handed it to her. But <laughs> it was definitely an internal battle going on. Cause I don't, you know, I mean, it's just kind of in our, well, it's in my nature, you know, to do things like that. Um, especially coming out of a, a long addiction, but you know, I did give her the $50 back. 
Well, I know when we're honest with ourselves, when we lay down at night or when I do a daily inventory, I I can say, okay, did I keep that $50 from the lady at the bank or did I give it back? And so if I give, if I gave it back, then I don't have to go make that amends. And Mm so when I'm honest, it makes for my days to be better. There's not the guilt and the remorse that happens throughout the day as much, you know? And so I think that it's just really important if we're in recovery and we want to maintain our sobriety, then we got to be honest every day. Right. And, and going to sleep at night without any, uh, without a guilty conscience is worth a lot more than that $50 is. Oh, isn't that the truth? Um, another thing that I found through this period is that it's important that I talk to somebody. And what do I mean by that? Well, I mean, of course, yes, I mentioned that I was in, in one of my groups and I shared about it then. But even talking to you, I've talked to, man, I talked to my dad. The reason I talked to my dad about it, he's put down two different dogs and I knew how much it, it messed him up. And I and I asked him, is it normal for me to keep looking over here in this corner for him and to see if he's there? And he's like, yeah, that's going to happen for a while. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, my wife, you know, as we talked about it, she's the one suggested moving the stuff around in our in our room so it would just look different and it would be different. And so it's been good to talk to other people to know that I'm not all alone. You know, we're still, as we're recording this, kind of still in some air, in some ways quarantined. I don't think that we're mandated to be, you know, by ourselves now, but um, social distancing and all that stuff's still practical right now. But um, one thing I've learned through this whole period is that when you're not around other people, it's easy to become isolated to where you think that you're all alone. Well, that's the way I was in my addiction. And when this big traumatic thing happened in my life, all I wanted to do was say, well, nobody really understands. Nobody cares. And those are just lies. Those are the same lies I believed when I was using. Thankfully, I've been separated, I guess, long enough. And and God's grace is great enough that I haven't thought about using. But I do know that it is an option. It's always an option. I've heard people say it's not an option. No, it's always an option for me. Yeah. I, um, you know, I haven't chose to do that because I've been able to talk to other people. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could talk myself into just about anything because that little voice in my head, um, it's pretty persuasive a lot of times. And I mean, you know, uh, whenever whenever I get to a point where I'm like, you know, I don't think I'm ever going to do drugs or drink alcohol again. Usually I'll, that'll be around the time where I'll either have a dream, uh, like a using or a drinking dream or something. Um, or, or God will just kind of remind me, give me a little nudge, um, saying, you know, you've said that a few times before (laughs) in the past. And how did that work out for you? And so it's definitely always an option. Um, you know, I always know, uh, or I know now that, you know, I definitely have another drink in me. I just, I don't know if I'll have the chance to get sober again if I take that drink. Right. Uh, another one of the things that was has been beneficial to me um, is just, I don't really know how to term it. I guess self-care would be the best way to say it. And I know, I don't think you like the word self I don't like that term, but I get it. Um. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's certain things that I do to get my mind um, 
off of the troubles of the world. Maybe is the best way to say that. Like for instance, um, I exercised, you know, I usually make that a routine uh, to do that. And when I'm exercising, that helps me remove a lot of stress. Um, it helps me, well, one, it just helps me to become tired, you know, in a good tired, just right. exhausted. I know that sounds weird to say that, but that's just, that's what it is. I mean, it's good to, to put physical exertion out and just to um, just release some of the stress that I've got going on. Uh, reading books is one great thing that I do. I, I love to learn more. And what I, some of the things that I, in fact, that's one of the things we ask all of our guests at the end. And a lot of that's for my own personal reasons, because I want to hear what books have inspired other people because I've learned from recovery that I can learn from other people's mistakes. And in a lot of the books that I read, I will learn what worked for other people and what didn't work. And then I use, I take what I need from that and then I leave the rest of it. Yeah. I think for me, when I hear the term self care or whatever, what I'm thinking about really is more of like, do you have something that's just yours? Like for me, it's running, you know, that's mine. Like, no, you know, it's something that I I do, you know, for myself, for myself to feel better. I mean, there's benefits for other people too. Like for my wife, you know, I'm, I'm healthier because of it. It helps me not to have as much stress, which is better for her. But I mean, it's it's something that I view as it's a hobby that I do that helps me deal with the stress of life. I agree with you. I mean, and that's the same reason I, mean, I, I don't read for someone else. I read for me, you know, but I ultimately read so that I don't have I can navigate life a little better and avoid pitfalls. Yeah. I really don't like the problems in life today. I don't like the drama like I used to like it. So if I can avoid any of that at any cost, that's what I try to do. Um, now, here, here's something that, that didn't really happen, you know, with me this past week with my dog passing away. But I think that's something that we have to do on a daily basis in order to maintain sobriety. And I think we all do it, um, or at least I hope we all do it in recovery. And that's just taking responsibility for our actions. Right. I've seen so much stuff on TV lately um, of different things. And everybody wants to blame somebody else. And I think that um, you see this a lot with politics. The people want to just blame the other person that was before them or after them or around them and never take responsibility. My son, um, he's he's one to always, when I catch him at something, I'll call him out on it, and he'll go down the whole list of reasons why he did it, just like I've done in my past, and I, and I can't still do. And, and my words are always to him this. I was like, own it, dude. I mean, you messed up, just own it. I mean, that's all I'm asking you to do. And it's hard to do that because, you know, when you screw up, the first thing you want to do is try to figure out a way out of it. Maybe you cause pain to someone else and you just want to avoid that and act like you didn't do it. But, you know, it's easier that I found in my recovery that if I make a mistake, then just say, yes, I made the mistake. I'm sorry. Figure out a way to fix it and move forward. I found that people respect you more when you just own a mistake. Yeah, I mean, most most of the time I've been surprised whenever I have just said, hey, I messed this up. You know, I'm sorry. Um, how can I make it right? Most of the time people take that 
a lot better than you you build it up in your mind. Or that's what I do. I play all these weird scenarios out in my mind. Like if I owe somebody an apology, I'll I'll build it all up to where, well, they're going to say this, and then I'm going to get mad, and then they'll say this. And it just goes into a world of chaos inside my head. And then when it actually happens, it's nothing like I had built it up in my mind. It always usually, most of the time, turns out a lot better than I think it's going to whenever I do take responsibility for a mistake I made. A buddy of mine calls me real cynical and um, just meaning that I always look for the worst and, you know, and expect the worst out of people. And I'm kind of like you, I will think about all these bad things and how bad it's going to be. And what I found is ultimately people really don't care. You know, um, they're not thinking about me like I'm thinking about the situation. Yes, I mean, if I've done them wrong, um, they're probably angry with me, but they're not living night and day on that problem. (laughs) Yeah. And, and you know, if I would just go ahead and say, I'm sorry, it was my fault, my my bad, whatever it is. And that's all they want. It's like, oh, okay, cool. We're past that now. And I'm thinking that, you know, they're going to, you know, I'm just thinking the worst, just like you're talking about. Right. Yeah. So we, but um, another thing that we can do is that we help somebody else. I mean, this is our 12th step. If you talk about, you know, in, in practical, just steps like one through 12 is helping other people. One thing I've noticed this week and, and well, really just through recovery in general is when I'm helping, especially a sponsee, I'm not really thinking about my own stuff. If I'm helping, I've went and helped, of course, I've just talked to people through situations and that's, that's done the same thing as me going and helping build a deck for a sponsee. I remember one time I went and helped a, a sponsee build a deck on his back porch and he didn't even ask me. It was just my way to go and be around him and let's get to know one another better. And it was just my way of showing love to him. And I've had that same th- type of thing happen to me, but it's important that if we want to keep our sobriety and to maintain that sobriety, then it's, it's important that we help other people and to get outside of ourselves. And I say that we do this daily and there's probably days that I don't do this, you know, per se, but I I believe there's probably most any day that I am in one way or another, helping someone else. It may not be someone in addiction, but it may be a child. It may be my wife. It may be someone at my church. It may be something, but I'm I'm normally going to help somebody every day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the best way to get out of my head whenever I'm just, you know, up in my head and up to no good up there, which is most of the time what's happening inside my head is usually no no good when I'm stuck in it. And it's it's such a a relief and a a, a peace that comes from helping somebody else. Um, because it, I mean, nothing, nothing I've ever tried works better than, well, nothing I ever have tried works better than helping somebody else to, to help me not be so selfish. I I, I agree with that. I mean, and that's probably the hardest thing to do because like if, if you're isolated, like I was talking about earlier and you're lonely, the last thing you want to do is get up and go help somebody. Cause all you want to do is this poor pitiful me thing. Right. But when I get up and do it, even if it's making a phone call to somebody to say, how are you doing? That gets me out of myself. And so I think that it's important that we, we help other people. And by doing so we get out of ourselves. 
but there's you've probably heard this a lot and it's about keeping your sobriety um, a priority you know that, that's you always got to keep your sobriety first is usually the way we we say it and even i've heard it say you know whatever you put before your sobriety you'll lose you've heard those sayings right mm, oh yeah so that's probably one of those things you got to remember on a daily basis. What are you putting before your sobriety? You know, um, if you can start naming those things, then you, you've probably got some problems. Something's out of whack in your, your sobriety in your road to recovery. And if you want to maintain that, then you've got to put your sobriety first. Uh, how are some of the ways you put your sobriety first in, in your recovery? Um, well, when we were still actually having in-person meetings, then it was, it was having a meeting to go to having a home group, um, this, this time that I've been sober and, um, before for years, I mean, I've always had a home group, um, of one form or another where I could get to know people, um, you know, and, and our home group has kind of been, you know, on hold right now because of the whole COVID-19 thing. And so that was kind of, you know, one of my primary ways, um, you know, to make it a priority was by giving it my time, you know, as far as having a community, a recovery community to belong to. But now, you know, it's it's been different these last few months. And so one thing I'm doing a lot of is talking to my sponsor, which I'm talking to right now. And so I, I really... Like this, this, this podcast has kind of taken on a whole new importance and meaning to me personally during this time, because it's one of the main ways I've been staying connected in recovery. And I mean, I know that's kind of weird because it's, it's a, it's a podcast show or whatever, but like, I don't like how many people are listening to it right now uh, is is kind of beside the point. I mean, I'm I'm hoping there's people <laughs> that are listening to it every week, but even if there was like two people listening to it every week, I would still want to do it just because it's it's keeping me connected and grounded in my recovery. So that you know that's been a a different thing um, in the last few months that I I would have never thought that this was going to be one of the main ways for me to stay connected. Um, in my recovery, but it, it has been. What I kind of found from this podcast is a lot what you just said. I've never done this to intend to replace a meeting in my life, but what it has done is is that many ways because like when we interview people uh, like Jamie Harper, who was on here last week, that's just like listening to a testimony. I yeah. mean, you get to hear information in his life and his story. We've had other guests on here who's done the same thing. And so it's awesome to get to hear those things. And then as we talk about things like we're doing today, when we're summing up some things that we've done to maintain sobriety on a daily basis, it's like when I talk to my sponsees and I go, here's these list of things, or these, these are some suggestions that you can take. And I go, huh, maybe I should start doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, don't, why don't I take my own advice and listen to myself? Yeah, I mean, so if you're new, listen to this, and you hear from your sponsor or other people in recovery that you're you're important to them, that you're just as important to them as they are to you, you really are. I mean, yeah. that, that's one of the main ways I can tell you day in and day out that my sponsors help me is that by talking to them, 
it reminds me of the very fundamentals of the daily things that I need to do to stay sober. Because even though I've been sober for a few years, I still don't do it every day. I, I have to be reminded, you know, just like we talked at the very beginning of this, I don't wake up thinking about doing steps. I don't wake up thinking about uh, my higher power, but those are things that by talking to other people and getting out of myself, then it redirects me to that. And, you know, that's just one of the ways that we, we have to keep our sobriety a priority. Uh, one of the pitfalls that I could tell you that probably the biggest pitfall about getting priorities out of whack, there, there's actually probably two, but I'm going to talk about one um, just for a quick second, is that I, I hear this from some of my sponsees, and maybe you can relate to this with some of your guys, but they're always like, well, I've got to get, I got to get this job. And if I can get this job, then I'll, I'll get to this meeting when I can. And somehow or another, we make our job and trying to catch up on our finances a priority over our recovery. And then we relapse because we've, we've turned the job into the priority instead of the recovery into the priority. If we don't keep recovery first, then we're going to lose the job because you turn into a shabby employee. Right. So, uh, I know that we have listeners that are hearing this and they're going to hear this and go, ah, I, I'm doing that, but that's not me because I've got to, I've got to do this for my kids. You've got to stay sober for your kids first, you know? Oh, I got to do this for my wife. No, you got to do this for you because if you put anything before your sobriety, then you're going to lose it ultimately. Yeah. I mean, as far as the whole catching up thing, I was guilty of that and fell into that um, several different times because I thought that was the most important thing. And I didn't realize that if I if I just focused on sobriety and working the steps, then those other things just sort of automatically come or they, you know, they do if if you're working a good program. Now, if you've been at the same, you know, uh job for i mean i've also seen the people get stuck and focus on their sobriety only and have a you know a start out job a start out recovery job and they just keep it for 15 years and never actually try to move along in life so i mean it can it can swing back the other way too you know i've always told my sponsors you can't just stay sober and sit there on the couch and expect money to come in the mail without right but obviously you can now because Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, money actually came in the mail. Yeah. Came while I was sitting there on the couch doing nothing. Yeah. But no, it does take effort, you know, outside of just staying sober. But, you know, it's about keeping your recovery first. Right. So uh, I saw this last point uh, for last because, well, it's one of the things I struggle with the most. And it's just simply staying grateful. You know, that's something that we need to do each and every day if we're going to maintain sobriety. And there should be a habit there. And sometimes this is more of a habit for me. But it's funny when you get to this isolation that we're talking about, this depression that you're talking about. And like going back to talking about my dog, I didn't plan on even making this about my dog today. It just kind of went this way. Um, is rather than being grateful for the 16 years I had him, I think about the days that I don't have him. And then that makes it that it's kind of a snowball thing. And yeah. thinking about that, I think about, well, now nobody even cares that I'm going through all this. And, you know, I, I'll never have another dog. that's as good as that dog. And, you know, it just, it builds on one after another, after another. 
until someone can bring me back out of that. And I say someone, cause usually I'm not the one that does that. It takes my sponsor telling me, Hey man, why don't you make a gratitude list? And what's a gratitude list? Simply just writing down some things that I'm grateful for. It's, it's remembering the 16 years I had with him. It's knowing that he lived much longer than any other dog breed. Um, in, in, you know, he, his dog breed should have died around 12 to 15 years. And here he is making it to 16. So it's cool to see all that stuff. Um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's difficult to be grateful for a guy like me. And I know like you tend to be more grateful than I am. And I know, well, you don't agree, huh? Something. I don't know. So see, there's some people who just naturally like just bubbly all the time. They just wake up breathing, you know, encouragement and gratitude on people. And I'm like, that is so far from me. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that's me for me. It like gratitude is that far. I mean, you're not the bubbly guy, but I'm more grateful than I am. Well, to me, maintaining gratitude consistently is what is hard to me. I can grab a little bit of it, you know, for a day or two and then it just poof, it's gone. And then I'll, you know, a couple of weeks go by, then I'll get a little bit of it. I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like the whole, to me, I, I think it's the same as trying to live in the present, you know, like you can't just always constantly live in the, pre- like live in the present like you should, you know, it, it kind of comes in fleeting moments or that's the way it does for me where I have, I have moments of, you know, awesome gratitude reflection of the, my past and where I am, to, where God has brought me today and I'll be so grateful. And then the next day it's gone. Yeah, I agree. But there are definitely things like before all this COVID thing hit, I was writing in my journal Every day, the what thing, three things that I was grateful for. I was on a roll, and then the COVID thing hit, and then it was gone. And okay, I hadn't done it since. Same thing. You bought me that same journal. I was yeah. like, yeah, I was telling all the guys in my group, yeah, I'm doing this. It's good. I'm, I'm loving it. And then I, I, I just thought the other day, I was like, dang, I ain't done nothing. I know. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Dated. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, guys, I, I know a lot of people listen to us, and, uh, uh, we appreciate you coming on here and hearing us. And sometimes we don't understand what we're even going to talk about. Um, we, we don't know um, how we can best benefit you as our listener. Uh, what I do want you to know is that we don't have it all together. And I don't really ever plan on having it all together. And so by coming on here and sharing with you that we don't have it together and that we struggle, struggle with some of this stuff, but things are getting better uh, we hope that that's hope for you to know that that even though times may be tough for you now, just like it has been for me uh, with losing this this animal that I was talking about, I know that better days are coming because I've lived through those things long enough in sobriety to know that this too shall pass. And so we we appreciate you taking time every week to come in and listen to what we have to say. Uh, we hope that it brings value. Um, to your life that you can, it, that it's a tool that you can use in your recovery and maybe learn from our um, strengths and our weaknesses because there's value in both of those things. Uh, as we close up, Jason, I, I did want to say this is one of the new things that we've done is you've changed our, our platform that we'll use. Um, we get to kind of see the people that listen to us from all over. 
And um, I've come to see some of this. I don't, I've never got to see a lot of this uh, from behind the scenes, the statistics or the analytics of our podcast. But I've noticed that in Ireland, there are people that listen to us. And also in Amsterdam, there has been huge in Ireland. Yeah. And I thought it was cool to see this. And um, so I, I don't know how many countries we're being listened to now, but there's several. Yeah. And I never would have dreamed that people would listen to two goodens from Alabama talking to, especially Ireland. I'm like, I'm thinking of their accent and I'm like, what do they think when they hear us talk? Well, they probably can understand us. Maybe. You reckon? I don't know. I don't even know what reckon means. I don't know. But, I don't know. I mean, so I'm not making fun of them by no means. Don't hear me wrong. I just, I'm actually amazed and astonished and very humbled that people are listening to us from all over in these different countries. I say all that to say this is that if you're hearing us from other places or even here in the U.S., I really want you to come in and give us a, a line or two on our on our email. Let us hear about your story because I would love to have some other people on the, on the show from different countries. I would love people in the U.S. to know how you are doing recovery overseas because I've been overseas to other meetings, and I realize that a lot of what they do is the same things we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would like for them to hear it firsthand from one of our listeners of how that how that yeah. works life. Yeah, so, awesome. If you're one of those people, whether you're in the U.S. or outside the U.S. and um, would like to share your story, then send it to us or send us a, something about it, however you want to get it to us, at SoberHolicPodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's SoberHolicPodcast at gmail.com. And I would love to, to just kind of engage some of our listeners and get them to share our story. Um, and yeah. I know you the same way about it. Oh yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. It would be. I, th- I think it would be completely awesome. So every week I get on to see if some of those same listeners, because it shows you the city or the town yeah. they're listening from. And so I just assume that it's the same couple of people in those, those places. Yeah. So, um, it, that's one of the highlights of my week is to see <laughs> where uh, people are listening to our show at. So, you know, thank you again for listening to us and thank you for liking us on Facebook and also on um, the reviews that you guys have been leading uh, on Apple Podcast. Continue to do those things for us. That's a great way to help us spread the message. And so, Jason, that's it, man. Um, thank you for coming and doing it again. We're still practicing Studio A and Studio B, but it's working right now. Yeah. So, good deal, guys. Uh, we will see you again next week. My name's Roger. I'm Jason. We're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberHolicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.